2: Danny Meringue. I found two empty bottles of a particularly decent Chateau de War, Bordeaux 57 in your rubbish. Dusty Hera.
3: You went through my garbage?
2: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. I find it particularly offensive that you use them to wash down an order from something called Macho Taco.
3: And Portland's sports leader, 1080. I
0: would never drink a Bordeaux with a Macho Taco.
2: The fan. It was a Burrito Machismo.
4: All right, hour number three. Danny and Dusty with you. Thank you for being a part of our day, letting us be a part of yours. Um, We now must get to the installment that we all wait for. It is time to let's get picky, buddy. Our picks against the spread. Jeff Rust is out today. He is uh, still sick with the the COVIDs. Um, And he currently resides in third place. Along with myself. Five and seven standing Danny, you had a push. How uh, was kissing your sister? Five, six and one. Listeners uh taken a one and two week. Uh, they are six and six on this NFL season. Making the picks for Will, uh, Will for excuse me, Jeff Russ is our very own Will Ortner. He is here. He has the picks that have been delivered to him via sealed envelope by Jeff Russ.
3: Uh So that,
4: that's right, that's a great point. It's a great, lots of mask wearing. Yep, yep. And you have the picks in your hand. Um, So let's get to it. Without further ado, our NFL picks. Danny, let's start with you, sir.
1: Good sir. I am going to take the lovable, always joyful folks of Philadelphia, minus five and a half at the Cardinals. Uh, Somehow, Eagles. Less than a touchdown at the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have been really impossible to predict. And the Philadelphia defense—it yes. travels, baby.
4: So weird. I'm, I'm with it. It's a weird, yeah. That's a weird line. Weird line. You,
1: you give me the touchdown. I, I think Philly is pretty easily able to cover this. Yeah.
4: I'm gonna. My first pick. I'm starting in Jolly with London Town. Oh. Yeah. I'm going. Uh, and this goes against every fiber inside of me. I'm going with the New York Football Giants to cover the eight points that they're getting from the Green Bay Packers in London and the reason why I'm going with this, one uh, Saquon Barkley is running the hell out of football right now Uh, I retweeted something earlier today that SB Nation put out he has more rushing yards by himself than 21 other NFL teams Uh, Green Bay's defense is really good and uh, I do believe that if this one is stateside They're covering that, probably. But here's a quote from (laughs) from Rasul Douglas of the Green Bay Packers. Um, Rasul Douglas, who played in this game in 2018 as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles over in London, uh, he was asked about the London trip. He goes, If effing sucked, you don't get to do nothing over there. You just effing get on a plane, get over there, effing practice, and then you play a game and you get back on that plane, travel effing eight hours... And you go somewhere else again. (laughs) Well? (laughs) Apparently, uh, the sentiment is felt by other Packers, too. Not thrilled about having to go over and and play this game in London. And unlike the uh, Vikings and the Saints, who went over very early, guess when the Packers are flying over to London? Friday. They're leaving Friday.
1: Last time, those guys left on Sunday because we saw Tyreek Hill watching a tottenham game on monday morning
4: yeah they're leaving on friday to get over there for their sunday game so it's gonna be a short quick turnaround for the packers i'm gonna go with the i'm gonna go with the new york giants in this one it's just a gut feel on this one A cover plus it all right will ortner um you have the breadth to do with with what you may with jeff russ picks However, you feel necessary to deliver Jeff Rust picks, we will take them.
3: Well, I'm, I'm glad that you are going to take the picks the way that I deliver them to you, Dusty, because I'm going to stay over the pond as well. Jeff Rust has the Giants covering the eight and a half points against Green Bay. I'm going to assume that Jeff is leaning on the like Aaron Rodgers is in Europe. Maybe there's something else going on there. Maybe he's sneaking out, going visiting some buddies. Maybe a trip to Amsterdam. Who knows? He
4: did say that he wished he could experience the culture a little more and get the vibes of of London.
3: Exactly. That, that <inaudible> must be that must be what uh, Jeff Russ is thinking. I'm I'm sure he's also thinking that Brian Dable has somehow turned a turd into an a frisky franchise right now. With the uh, Giants, I just they—they've been close in every game, so I'm assuming Jeff Russ thinks that they're going to make sure this game is within one score or seven points. All right,
1: I'm going to go on a limb and just say that uh, old Jeff Russ just hates him.
3: He's in the COVID fog, probably. Mm.
4: You know, I'm going to—I'm going to blame it on the COVID fog. Mm. Either he read the same thing I did. It happens. Smart man. Pick number two, Murray.
1: My pick. Oh, number two. I am going with another road favorite. Why? Because the Bears are a disaster piece, and I feel like the Vikings are going to get that offense on and along. I don't like the hook seven and a half, but I am going to do it because I think the Bears are Basura. So I'm taking the Vikings. Uh, excuse me, Vikings on uh, uh, home against the Bears. Yeah, Rather, uh, road dog. Uh, but I'm gonna think the Vikings seven and a half over the Bears, which I do score a game, but mostly because less than I believe in the Vikings, more because the Bears are
4: awful. Yeah, you want to talk about lines that don't make sense? Vikings only a touchdown plus a half yeah. on uh, on the, on the Bears and home, home. Like, do you think Justin Fields is gonna throw his way back into a game? It's ridiculous. Yeah, hard to believe. Uh, but Vegas, they're pretty good at this. Um, I'm going game number two. Falcons getting 10 at Tampa. They're getting 10 and on the road. The Atlanta Falcons are not a great football team. I'm going to just go ahead and say that. They are not a great football team. But, they're actually kind of fun to watch. And they play teams tight. They're 2-2 on the year. And they have lost by one, lost by four, one by four, one by three. And... Will they be able to score against Tampa's defense to be determined. But they can play that offense tight enough right now. As uh, Tampa's getting back to being healthy, they're still not there quite yet. I like the Falcons to cover 10. That's double digits for a team that's 4-0 against Fred and has been playing very close games to everybody that they play.
1: You know, I just normally I would get A little sidetracked by the fact that Kyle Pitts didn't practice. They don't throw him the bleeding ball anyways, so who cares?
3: No. No, they don't. All right, uh, Will, you're up. Yeah, Rust has Jacksonville minus 7 against Houston. Doug Peterson's got that team turned completely around. They look fantastic. Trevor Lawrence, now that he doesn't have to deal with Urban Meyer, messing around with college co-eds, he can just focus on throwing the ball around has looked fantastic. Jacksonville, they're just a better team. Houston, look, they're trying to lose so that they can get rid of Lovie Smith so they can go uh, get that high school quarterback coach. What's his name, the old quarterback? With the high school quarterback coach. Yeah, who's the old uh he was the he was the backup Palmer. for years. No, he's a backup for years. They tried to hire him this year, but they got in trouble. So they went with Lovey Smith. I'll figure it out. He's okay. going with Jacksonville. They're gonna they're gonna win this game. They're gonna roll. I can Oh agree. Josh McGowan. Yes, thank you. Yeah. McGowan.
1: And also it's the Jacksonville what?
3: Jacksonville
4: what? Jackie Walk. There is- you go. Delivery just like Jeff Rust will. Alright, third pick, Meringue.
1: My third pick of the afternoon for the weekend. I am going to the Bengals at the Ravens, plus three. Uh, I don't trust the Bengals' defense one bit, not not even a little bit. They held, you know, Josh Allen down in the first half, and then they couldn't stop anything. They have been, they have allowed, was it now, three 17-point comebacks. Uh, I, listen, Lamar has been fantastic. The offense has been incredible. Uh, i like cincinnati's defense hell I, I might love cincinnati's defense they've been very good considering the early holes their offense has put them in uh just the three on the road uh i, I think that's an easy cover for them
4: my third and final game i'm going with the tennessee titans they are i, I don't how are they not favorite this is a line i don't get They are plus one and a half at the Washington Commanders. And this is what they're doing. They're going Wounded Dog. Like, the Commanders cannot afford to lose this game. They are one and three on the season. Um, And I just do not get uh, that line any way, shape, or form. Oh, now it is up to two and a half. They're two and a half point favorites. I, I like that line at minus two and a half it was at one and a half when I wrote this down. It's up to two and a half. Minus two and a half now for the Titans for the Tennessee Titans.
1: It swung three no, points no, already. No, 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 no,
4: no. They they were one and a half point favorites. Um, they are two and a half point favorites. Have we seen Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders play football? It this line opened at one. It opened at one. It's up to two and a half for Tennessee. That means going. that they and when that line opened, they said Tennessee is four points better than the Commanders at home uh, on a, on their home home field. They're on the road, so you bring it back down to one point. You get that three points down. I don't I don't get that line. I think that Tennessee is a better football team. They're starting to figure out uh, offensively. But Washington is broken on every single level, man. They do not throw the ball to Terry McLaren, their best player. They're not running the ball effectively. Carson Wentz isn't... Um, well, Carson Wentz is is what Carson Wentz is, right? We know he is a very limited quarterback at this point in his career. He was his final year in Philly. He was last year down in, in, over in Indianapolis. He's the same guy in Washington, and their defense is all of a sudden broken. Give me Tennessee minus two. And
3: a half. Really thrilled I took Terry McLaurin every fantasy game. Thanks, Carson. Bad, call. Bad, Bad call. call. Bad call. Bad call. Keenan Allen. Bad. Call. Bad. Call. Bad, call. Bad call. All right. In my in my third game, I'm taking or excuse me, Jeff Rust is taking Philadelphia minus five and a half against Arizona. Oh, he's got the Danny pick. Yes, he does. Word on the street is it's a double XP weekend in Call of Duty, so Kyler Murray's going to spend all of his time playing COD and not working on his uh, film watching abilities. Cliff Kingsbury, we know he doesn't make any adjustments once you get into the second half. Philly has shown that they are willing to do that. Jalen Hurts looks fantastic. Sirianni seems to be one of the better young coaches out there. Water the flowers.
4: Water the flowers.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm out here. I agree with Jeff Rust again. Philadelphia minus five and a half.
4: All right, those are the picks. You can go and vote at Danny and Dusty on social media. Your three games that you will pick from uh, Seahawks at the Saints with the Saints favored by six. You've got the Colts. Our three-and-a-half-point dogs on Thursday Night Football tonight in Denver uh, to Russell Wilson. And then the Chargers hit the road as two-point favorites in Cleveland. Go vote at Danny and Dusty on Twitter. If you haven't followed, give him a follow now. All right. Coming up next, we have got Joe Burrow goes on the air with Colin Cowherd on, his, on Colin's podcast network. And... What Joe Burrow said is the big issue with trying to establish and enforce concussion protocols in football. Danny and Dusty on the
2: fans. shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
4: listen to every mlb game live the
3: deep left center field it is
2: high it is far it is god
4: stream minor league affiliates
3: the midwest league home run leader
4: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only 3 dollars per month.
3: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game.
4: Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: When I look at you.
3: And the world's all right with me.
4: Well, for those wondering... Uh, Victor Winyama is living up to every bit of the hype that he he was given heading in. Like this is really interesting. W- what is happening with two games against the G League Ignite, which is basically the pathway for high school seniors that don't want to go to college to play um, before they enter the NBA draft? That's the team that Victor and y- when bon- when. Webinam Webinam. There it is. I had it the first yeah. time I said it. You bailed on it. Yep. And he plays for a French team, and they're over here, and he's just played two games. One of them was on TV the other night when the Blazers uh had their opener, or the, I don't know it was their second game. Um and I was flipping back and forth between the Blazer game and the G League Ignite taking on the the this French team. And Watching him just run the floor, you were like, "Whoa, this dude is different." What he's doing in game number two is even more impressive.
1: He's toying with people. He's 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 doing stuff. He, I don't want to get caught up in hyperbole here because this like it, it seems like we do this with draft prospects. Oh no, this is the, no. I'm getting texts and DMs from people right now who executives and scouts in the league who are throwing their hands in the air. They're, they're calling him the greatest prospect I've ever seen. Not one of the like greatest than classes. Like better than LeBron? That's the stuff that I'm getting right now. Dang. And I, 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 I cannot push back on how ridiculous, if LeBron in 03 was out today, how can't miss he is. When Banyama is doing stuff at, the stuff he's doing at 6'6 yeah. is incredible you're adding almost a foot to that with the fluidity of movement. His ability is footwork. Like he's got Dirk-esque post footwork, but with the fluidity of DeMar DeRozan.
4: It just seems so bizarre that the, like this guy, he he literally has in the last calendar year is when when you talk about coming out of nowhere in the last calendar year, his buzz has, has really, taken off?
1: People have been watching, like the, the NBA scouting scene has been watching him since he was 14. Okay.
4: But as far as like coming, in, now?
1: coming into like the zeitgeist of, of, like, of everyday fans, it's really been the last six months. And in the last two days this showcase, the rest of the world is like kind of catching up to what NBA folks have been talking about quietly, or not, not even quietly, pretty loudly uh, to what he is. I mean, there was a possession here where he was a trailing three and he caught the ball one dribble above the three-point line, took two seven-foot-four-inch-tall gate steps and floated, pulled up, turned in midair, floated, and just banged a three in the corner. This is the kind of thing you do in NBA 2K when you're just messing around, and he was doing it. Hmm. And it's, he does things that no one, not, not even just at his size, that, regular wing athletes, the best athletes in the world in the NBA, don't do. Except he's taking it and doing it at seven foot four with an eight foot wingspan and it looks natural. That's what's terrifying about it.
4: What's really cool too is uh, the 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 local little flair to it in that uh do you know who who like gets credit for kind of blowing him up a little bit more, gassing him up? Who? Nick Batum. Mm. Nick Batum, I guess there was like a workout in France when he, when, when, when Benyama was 14 years old Mm -hmm. and he said, wait a minute, hold on, let's stop really quick. I want to watch this guy at 14. uh, Victor, Win Benyama was six foot 11 when he was 14 years old and there was, he watched him kind of just like block a shot, get back down the floor and run. And he said, quote, I saw this 14-year-old kid walking, and I said, hold up, let me watch this kid play. I saw him moving, dribbling, and I called Tony Parker right away and said, we got to get this guy, Victor Wynn Binyama. For anyone listening, I've been telling people during the last four years about him. They're listening now.
1: (laughs) Here's here's an insane thing, speaking of Nick Batum. That's
4: awesome. Like Nick Batum, who is, and I will say this, he is the nicest Nick's player great, that has dude. ever come through Portland. Nick is the the nicest guy. Nick's
1: Dame's favorite teammate.
4: I don't doubt that at all. He he still talks about him.
1: Um, but there's a is, there's a strong possibility that uh, Joel Embiid now has American citizenship, mm-hmm. but he's also maintains uh, multiple citizenships in uh, Cameroon and France. He uh, he needs to secure his FIBA license in order to join the French national team, and that's what it looks like is going to happen. There is a strong likelihood that coming up for FIBA Cup in 2023, the starting lineup for the French national team will be Evan Fournier, Vic Batum, Nick Batum, Victor Wembanyama, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert.
4: It's a very long team. So
1: six seven six eight seven four seven one seven two.
4: Goodness gracious!
1: What are they building in France?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was reading up on his his family in this in the in an article about. His dad, like you, you think about the athleticism at seven four. His dad was six five and was a high jumper, and his mom is six two, six foot two. Turns out, and genetics are helpful. Very athletic. So, uh, if Do you're think- wondering how a seven foot four human that glides like a gazelle up and down the court can be so athletic. It comes from a six, five high jumper and a six foot two mother.
1: I, I'm kind of hoping his mom was the six foot five high jumper. And like, he just stretched out in the womb while she was like <laughs> leaning over the bar. And that's how he got to be seven, four.
4: He's a freak though. And it is crazy to see he's 18. What was going to happen with the pressure, the pressure that comes with being the with microscope on you, everybody looking at you because we've seen guys, buckle under Great. that kind of pressure. And in France, he can be protected a little bit more, right? And they can keep him out of the spotlight more so than he is right now. Mm-hmm. If he comes when he comes to the states, it is going to be front and center. All gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. The good thing is that he has a lot of these guys in his in his corner to mm-hmm. kind of help guide him through. Guys like Batoum, guys like Tony Parker. But That is that's the interesting part that I want to see is how do you react when you come to the States and you are the guy because there's every team in the NBA is tanking and not every city is going to be San Antonio or Oklahoma City which are by the way front runners (laughs) to land him. Yes. But not everyone is those markets and those fan bases.
1: No, and here's the thing. In talking to people who uh, know his representation and the people around him, they all talk about his mentality and his mindset. He's, he's a lifetime hooper. Like, this is not – I'm not going to name any names. There are guys that have come into the league recently in the last three or four years um, who they – are, they are not basketball lifers. And to be honest, most guys aren't. I'll use a local uh, example. Damian Lillard is basketball is life guy. Yeah. Like he came in day one. And this, this was a job of like how to be a professional was his job for most guys. I'd probably say 80% of guys. That's not the case
4: Yeah, ever in their
1: careers. It's really only 20%. And that's, that's how you get to be a very good player. Then you cut that down to like 10% who get to be great players. And you cut that down to 5% or superstars, and then you cut that group down to 1% for the true, you know, top 15 guys. And that's really, you start doing the math, and you're like, oh, that doesn't kind of add up. Because you and I, let's talk about our profession in radio. As much as we love our jobs, are there are there people out there who don't take this as seriously? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Some people are like, that's a dream job. Why wouldn't you do it? It doesn't matter whether it's radio, radio or work in construction or working in professional sports. It's Some people want it more. And from what I've heard, Victor is a, like, The whole idea of shutting him down, because he'd be the number one overall pick. He's he's arguing with his agent and people coming like no 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 because he's a basketball player. He's going to keep playing. The only question I have in it, it's both unfair and fair at the same time. He's seven foot four. Nobody, Uh. nobody, nobody over seven foot one in the history of the NBA has made it through healthy, particularly as it pertains to their feet. The second you clear seven foot two, the second you clear it. Every single one of them has had a feet problem.
4: Would you put like Shaq as the most healthy Shack Shaq is the most healthy
1: guy, but he's also at seven foot and he and it wasn't until I think year fourteen when he really started to broke down. But that's because he is the, the honestly, Shaq's greatness lies not in his is I mean, it, it is his strength and his agility and his uh his footwork and everything else about it, but it was his longevity at at that size, mm-hmm. at that strength. He was unbreakable. Because every other guy at that size, him and David Robinson are the only guys who didn't break down. That's the list.
4: Yeah. I mean, and yeah, he was listed at he's listed at seven one, but I mean you look at him, he had 81, 81, 79, 52, 51, 57, 50, 40, well, forty-nine, that was a shortened season. Mm-hmm. Uh seventy-nine, seventy-four, sixty-seven. Like he was I mean, his entire career up until the last year, he played thirty-seven games in his last year. He started seventy five games in two thousand eight. Yeah, like that is nuts yeah, no, to think
1: about. I mean, he was drafted in ninety six.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, he was ninety two. Oh Jesus, ninety two. Ninety six was Kobe.
1: Yeah, it, he was, was ninety two. Because yeah, he was on the uh, draft. Yes. Um, but you think about that. Sixteen years later, yeah, he, he he was an absolute freak. A freak. So the problem you have to worry about is how many years do you get under? Victor?
4: Hey, we're due. We're due for another freak to come along. Honestly.
1: How cool would it be though if a freak came along and didn't have Bill Walton feet or Ralph Sampson legs or Yao feet? Like that's, that's the thing is that's Yao. that's that's Yao the, is the great reason. That's the next one. that's the next hurdle is being this big and not breaking down.
4: Joel Embiid will be the interesting one, and it's his it's his back. He he went early and he had his knee his knees were mm-hmm. early in his career. Um, but will Joel Embiid be able to kind of? Rewrite that seven footer longevity thing too, but his back is already going. He had a back
1: surgery coming out of Kansas. So, it's, it's, again, that's that's yikes. It's always something because, I mean, as human beings, we're just not meant to cross that threshold. Yeah.
4: Okay. 503 250 1080. All right, let's get to Joe Burrow as uh, Victor Win, Winbenyama is the guy who's taking up the headlines uh, today. And really, if you haven't watched him, You'll see why. You'll you'll see exactly why. It's not it's not just a blow smoke hype machine. This dude is special. All right, uh, Joe Burrow, and what he said on Colin Cowherd's podcast that is raising some eyebrows and really makes it hard uh, for concussion protocols to be real. Here's Will with SportsCenter. Joe Burrow was on the other side of the field last Thursday night, a week ago tonight, when Tua Tonga-Vailoa took a hit. His head bounced off the turf. And it was a scene that made everybody cringe. Football fans, non-football fans alike. With the way that his fingers were, the way he just kind of went stiff as a board, knocked out, you could tell. Um, And it's been a big topic of conversation. And Joe Burrow went on a podcast with Colin Cowherd yesterday. And he said something that really stuck out to me um, because this is the biggest problem that the NFL is facing and will face with anything moving forward about establishing and enforcing concussion protocols. When he was asked about, does he have any leeriness about playing and what concussions may do long term?
3: You can make all the rules you want to make the game as safe as you possibly can, but there's an inherent risk and danger with the game of football. You're going to have, you have 300 pound men running 20 miles an hour, trying to take your head off while you're standing still, trying to ignore it and find receivers that are open. And then sometimes you got to go run and try to get a first down. You're running 20 miles an hour and somebody else is running 22 miles an hour. And you got to try to get the first down. That's part of the game. I think part of what we signed up for, you know, you're going to have head injuries. You're going to tear your ACL. You're going to break your arm. That's, The game that we play, that's the life that we live, and we get paid handsomely for it. This is the
4: uphill battle that the NFL has for it, for itself, and really the game of football has ahead of itself, is that everything trickles down from the top and it comes down, right, with the way that things are handled. And concussions are handled, you know, they're trying to be in these more strict form at the NFL level, but how can you get it to trickle down and, and have that, the quote-unquote safety around the game if the guys at the highest level aren't buying in? And this is the problem is that the end of it where he says they're paid handsomely for it, and you know the inherent risks. And as you get further along in the game of football especially, you're willing to take more of those risks, right? In, in peewee football, Papa Warner football, high school football – you shouldn't be messing around, and nobody should be. And they should be taking the most serious care. But then you get to college, and you sit there, and you go, "Okay, now I'm thinking about how I'm getting my school paid for." Mm-hmm. Right? As you get to, you know, Division One level, and you're talking about name, image, and likeness. Right? It's not just getting your school paid for, but how can I get some extra cash? Can I get can I get money that's going to change my life or my family's life? And the best way to do it is the best ability is availability. Right. And so you have guys. I was talking about this the other day that the dirtiest little secret is that guys fudge their baseline testing for concussions when you get to college and when you're in the NFL because they go on your reaction times and mm-hmm. if your reaction time is slower, well, guess what? You start you start you your reactions start a little bit slower. slower as your ba- baseline. Bingo! You know you're you're fudging the numbers a little bit there. But as you will look forward to the NFL to be like this this bastion of like morality when it comes to concussion protocol it's not just the league like the the players and people can yell and scream at the mountaintops about the league the league the league the league they need to take care of the guys take care of the guys well the guys also need to be willing to to take care of themselves too because it's a two way street when it comes to the protocols don't mean anything if the guys are sitting there and saying it's part of the gig man it's part of it. I'm going to try to find my way around it. Because with Joe Burrow, and I applaud Joe Burrow for being honest here. Because his honesty is actually the way that a lot of these guys around the league feel. Like, they're not leery of playing this game because they get paid handsomely for it. But it also is a big reason why the concussion protocols that they have in place, they're not working.
1: we got to stop pretending like these guys don't have license over their own lives. <clears throat> that they're they too do. stupid to realize that what they're doing. Like a boxer who gets punched drunk. Like, guys, they're not too stupid. They're they're grown adults. They yep. know the game they play not only probably limits their lifespan, but limits their mobility going forward. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They have made – you are not in the NFL because somebody forced you into labor camp. You have made a conscious effort and decision – to play a very, if not the most violent game that exists in this country with the biggest, strongest, most physical human beings on the planet. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that rivals the NFL in physicality. Nothing.
3: MMA, bro.
1: You you and I both know guys who have played high-level college ball and and guys that have played in the NFL. Uh And listen to Souk talk about it all the time. Mm Souk, at his peak, was a massive human being. An absolute Goliath, and he talks about how I was nothing. Mm-hmm. I was nothing there. Yep. I used to watch guys just throw people around like they were nothing. When you're talking about that and you're talking about a quarterback who's, what, 6'4", 225 pounds, getting, or Tua, hundred ninety five, maybe 200 pounds. Right. I don't, I don't want to relive this moment, but his head snapping off the turf was bad. What happened a half second before that was a 330 pound defensive lineman right. picked him up with one arm and pile-drived him into the ground. Even if he doesn't hit his head, he is going to yeah. be in immense pain after that tackle. Yeah. That man almost doubled him up and just crushed him. But I, I say all this because, regardless of the head injuries and the concussions, all this, they have license over their own lives and their own choices. Mm-hmm. You can argue until you're blue in the face whether or not what's good for them or not. They know, and they have chosen some to be away from it. On the flip side of it, there are other guys. Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas was still one of the, if not the best left tackle in the game. One of the two best left tackles in the game was like, Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm gonna hang it up. Barry Sanders. I'm good. Calvin Johnson. I'm good. There have been plenty of guys who are like, now you know what, I don't want to mess with this anymore. And there are other guys who are like, I will play until everything falls off.
4: Well, and that was, Burrow was talking about the question that he answered before was, yeah, I've been knocked out. Like, I've been fuzzy. I remember, like, I I don't remember full games. I don't remember halves of games. Like, yeah, I've been through it. But there is that understanding. I think that in the greater context of what is happening here is, Everybody is rushing to the league in the protocols, and the doctor that allowed him on the field, which all of that should be put under the microscope, and that all of that should be talked about. But there's also a big part of this, which is the National Football League itself, right? And the players that play in it, it's the players, man. The players, the players have a responsibility too, to be forthright because as the league gets hammered, for all of this, like a large part of it, it's not just a doctor. It's not just a league. It's the players that play in it have some culpability of, hey, you got to be honest about the situation that's going on because you know to an extent of what you're getting yourself into. And there's enough education out there for for all of them to know. You can't be just sitting there and be like, that hit that he took against Buffalo, you got to be smarter than that now. Um And with the safety of the league, this is, will be really interesting to see what happens in 20 years, right? In 20 years, we're looking at guys that played in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, right? Where back in the 70s, they were in, like, suspension helmets, right? <laughs> Whereas, like, a an elastic band had, like, a little harness to hold your little dome in, and you were getting hit by a guy and your head was banging off a plastic helmet. No, like,
1: the helmets we grew up with, with the the... Grabbed your head with a pump.
4: The Well, yeah, the Rydell uh, bladder helmets. Yeah, yeah brutal. They, those things work great. Helmet technology has improved. The seriousness and evaluation of concussions has improved.
1: Which is terrifying when you think about what the, it was 10 years ago. Now.
4: The rules have improved. I, I'm really interested to see kind of what the science is saying years down the road. And now you have the Guardian caps, and they may look crazy, but... By all reports and what the tests are coming back is, those are wildly effective too. Up
1: thirty percent on prevention through uh, training camp
4: through training camp in the NFL. That's a that's a huge number. That's a big number. And it's only a matter of time until they're mandatory Mandatory in high schools and you know youth youth leagues too. Because it is like the science says. The big ones. Don't get me wrong; those make the the two hits. Those ones have a lasting impact on you. Traumatic brain injury. But the repeated micro, sub-concussive blows that you have linemen every single day. It's like a boxer. Those are the ones that, over time, they add up. Mm -hmm. And as those are being eliminated slowly but surely, I, I really am interested to see what the science is behind it. But, look, you can have every protocol established, and you can try to enforce them with the doctors and the teams and the leagues. Players do play a part of it, too, and Joe Burrow... Uh, I applaud his honesty for coming out and saying, you know what? Like, there's risks. We know, and we kind of push ourselves through them. Um, and we'll see. Uh, hopefully, with Tua, for Tua's sake, uh, hopefully we do see him again. But hopefully for it's not for a couple more weeks at least. At least.
1: I, I hope he's out for until mm. probably a-, a month from
4: the injury. With all that said, there's Night football tonight. Broncos, Colts, they're back, back at, at it, it again. Danny and Dusty on The Fan.
1: The Danny head and rest. Dusty on the Odyssey
4: app in 1080, 1080. The it up. Fan. Your text,
2: 503 250 get 1080. Um, We
4: ten eighty. We're talking about the Joe Burrow audio. Really good Joe Burrow audio, I thought.
1: I think Joe Burrow audio is always going to be good. Mm. He's a pretty, pretty
4: smart fella. He is. They keeps that head healthy. Uh, this text says uh, the game ain't pretty, but the pay's handsome. Not like somebody put a gun to their <laughs> their heads to be out there, um, and, and that is very true. In the uh, on the concussion stuff, it says there's a major push to get PEDs out of sports, and the athletes figured out a way to get around testing with concussions. Guys are just going to also figure out a way uh, over time to get around the testing. They have. It didn't take long, by the way. It did not take long, no. at all, for them to figure it out. Um, I mean, right when when I was getting done playing was when they were starting baseline testing. And I know guys that year two, they'd figured out the way around it. I mean, it was, I mean, and it's as simple as, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know if anybody's doing it anymore, but I mean, there were guys who would have a couple beers then go in and do it, <laughs> do their baseline testing, you know, because guess what? You're thinking a little bit slower at that point. Um, and that was just that was a way that they would find their workarounds. They they always have found their workarounds, and that's the thing is that if you're not taking if the players aren't taking it seriously, it's out the door. It's out the door. Um, I love I, this text is interesting. I know it'll never happen, but the solution is uh, no pads or helmets, rugby style.
2: I've, I've heard that a million times. Never gonna work. Here's the
1: thing: not only could you. The whole idea of that is based on an outdated theory of what human beings were 50 years ago. Have you watched rugby now?
4: Yeah, there's a lot more head injuries. Yeah, you know
1: why? Because these dudes are 40 pounds heavier, a foot taller, and running faster. Go watch the All Blacks and watch the massive Samoan Tongan dudes that are 6'4", 285, running four five forties, and go ahead and tell me that the head injuries are disappearing.
4: Well, that leads into another text that we got. Um, it says it's all physics with these guys who used to be big, slow and soft. Now they're heavier and solid, and big old muscles.
1: Has anybody it's seen Aaron Donald fast. lately? Yeah, six foot, three hundred and five pounds with a six pack. Whew, that's not supposed to happen. Whew. Look at a Bosa brother lately. They're, they're, they don't make sense. Look at Wimbenyama. Like these, the the guys that we're getting at the top of athletics now are freaks. Like they are freaks of freaks.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They're great athletes, so they are. Love to see
1: it. Uh, listen, I, and that's the thing is these guys know what they're up against. Mm-hmm. You don't not know anymore.
4: Yep. All right. Thursday night football tonight. Uh, we've got Colts. But uh, Broncos. Sorry, not Bucks. No, Colts you, Broncos.
1: You didn't say Bucks. You went. Blech.
4: Russell Wilson, uh, when Javante Williams is out for the year with a uh, torn ACL. We're now finding out that Russ's shoulders...
3: A little squeaky. Oh, man, the shoulder getting
4: a little worse. That will sound familiar. Hmm. Um, he's he's already getting banged up, nicked up. Jonathan Taylor is out for this game with an ankle injury. I remember last, remember last week it was news that Jonathan Taylor was missing a practice, the first practice of his life He's missing.
1: And now he's missing a game.
4: Now he has been ruled out uh, for this one. It is going to be in uh, Denver, so we're in mile high. And... I don't even know what to do. This only, is going to be disgusting. It's only
1: three and a half.
4: I don't, I don't know either way. Denver's only getting
1: the half for being at home.
4: Dude, this is going to be Matt Ryan's coming out party. Matt oh, Ryan's no. going to be back. Matt Ryan will be back.
1: This is going to be ugly. This, is, this. Tom Brady's not watching this game. Zero percent chance.
4: No, I, I, no. Well, he better not be. He's got to rekindle his marriage is what he's got to do. Hmm. Right? The football? <laughs> no. To he's flying Giselle.
1: he's flying to Vegas to, to say his vows to the foot to the football gods. that's what he's doing <laughs> so uh I,
4: I've, I've been keeping up because um I really am invested into Tom and Giselle's marriage somebody was like yeah uh, she she took off the wedding ring when she went out in public and this isn't the first time she stormed off and threatened divorce it's like no I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this might may, maybe be it like no, Tom,
1: they, they both got lawyers
4: <laughs> they're lawyering up right now oh uh, so um true love's dead there's no point
3: Marriage sounds lovely. I'm really looking forward to it one day. Hey, I just did two
4: years uh, last week, man. It's fun. Ortner, I cannot wait to give you a pep talk before you get married. We know it's coming. We know it's coming, bud. I
3: already got the Zucanic pep talk, and my girlfriend's mom keeps marrying me off to her whenever people ask, so I don't know how much longer I got holding
4: out. My wife's grandpa, like a a, a family Christmas, like the second uh, year that we were dating, he... uh, he got a present for me, and I opened it up, and it was like cufflinks and a tie clip. Oh. And uh, Grandma <laughs> looks over and goes, he wore them at my wedding. And he just looked at me and goes, take a hint. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. yeah well, oh,
2: man. Guess yeah. what I wore at my
4: wedding. <laughs> Those <cup laughs> You're in. You're <laughs>
3: in for it, dude. Hey, I'm just saying I've gone on two honeymoons already. I went on a honeymoon, and we were six months in. At least that's what the hotel found out. (laughs) Hey, you know
4: what? That's ingenious. You got to use those loopholes. They'll bend over backwards if they know you're on a honeymoon.
3: Oh, they they put us in a suite, so that was pretty cool. And then in uh, Mexico, we got a lot of free uh, beverages. Oh, all right. So you you play this card often. I don't play this card. It's her mother. Oh, her, wait! Her mom does this. Yes, it's her mom. She's she's the goat. Wait. She's she's fantastic. Wait, wait how? Wait, hold, hold, rewind this.
4: So, does she like call before you guys get there and tell the hotel, or is she the one booking these for you?
3: She's booking them for us. We're poor college kids. She's just like, hey, I've got extra points. I want to help you guys out. Go on a nice what? little vacation. Like every six months, we go on a we go on pretty sweet vacation.
4: Okay, I retract what I said. You need to marry this girl because the family the family's in, dude. This is this is keeper material here. At least mom's in. Or wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is mom bending over backwards? How many other glaring red flags are there here, Warner? Is that a red flag? <laughs> I just think I do well. <laughs> Like, I'm a smooth talker. Like It could go one of, one of two ways. Like, mom, Mom's like, all right, we got one. We got one. We can't let him go. This has got to be the only one. We're not going to have this chance again. How do we keep him around?
3: He's stuck in. There's no way he can get out of this now.
4: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, hopefully we have Jeff Rust back uh, tomorrow. He actually came in to grab his computer today, so that has me feeling a little optimistic. Just, just spread disease everywhere? Yeah, he was fully masked up. Mm. I doubt he'll be back. We
1: got we just got to put the hazmat suit at the door.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been like a week, yeah. so um, it, we will hopefully we'll have him back. We got our fingers crossed for that. It'll be Football Friday. You deep dives into the Pac-12 we, weekend of the NFL. We got we got, we got as we, well. We have
1: good games this
4: weekend. It's a great weekend of football. I'm
1: gonna go watch a very bad game of basketball tonight. Go
4: oh, you're going to it? Oh yeah. You doing that,
1: Dusty? I'm a basketball beat reporter.
4: What's the name of the team?
1: Maccabi. phenomena Oh, yeah. All mm-hmm.
4: I, I all I knew is uh, Maccabi Haifa. Isn't that who that's they the, played the, last that's time? That's last time, yeah. All right.
1: It's the Maccabi Bananas.
4: Okay, we got that. Uh, Follow Danny and Dusty and Danny Morang yeah. to get all of the news on... Uh, the Blazers and.
1: It's going to be the young guys tonight. It's, honestly, it's going it's to be good because I get a chance to talk to the, to the veterans before and after the game.
4: All right, that'll do it for us. Up next, you got primetime with Isaac and Souk from 3 to 7. Have a great Thursday. See you Friday, right?
0: Now. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand.